Do you like wine? I was gonna ask you the same question. Oh my god! The answer is, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. You know what I don't like? What? When the wine's gone. <gasps> Ow! Can't deal. <laughs> oh, I can't, can't fucking deal. deal. Um, our net, our guest that you're about to hear, Jesse Birschbach, she doesn't have to worry about that. No, because she gets wine all the time. She's a sommelier. Uh, she works. She's worked at Spago. She's worked at tons of different restaurants. Uh, she writes about wine professionally. Wow! Right, and we're gonna hear all the fuck about it. And it's not. It's not yellowtail, y'all. This is the real no. stuff. This is the real shit. Yes. So get your straws out <laughs> <laughs> and slurp up. <laughs> get rice cubes and your seltzer water. <laughs> Make yourself a wine spritzer. It's the drink of the season. Whatever season you're listening. All seasons. <laughs> Do enjoy. Yeah. It's making the clock. Yes. <laughs> oh my. Probably smells unexpected. Uh... Yeah. So what? What is this? Pass me that other one too, will you? Oh yeah. It's behind. Here we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, Sam Adams Utopia, uh, one of the most expensive beers in the world. They only release it every other year. Uh, I think they've been doing it since the early 2000s, exactly what date, I don't know. Um, I'm on a beer kick right now, you know, mm-hmm. doing, studying for my Cicerone exam and, and the like, so. Uh, but essentially this is like super high alcohol. I think it's in the 30%, something like wow. that. Wow. And um, the first part of it, you know, they use these like really gnarly, like, you know, um, one super like 20 year old, you know, tripel aged beer or something. And, you know, really uh, amazing hops, uh, noble hops. And um, and they use this crazy yeast that only like in champagne that can handle the high alcohol Mm -hmm. um and that kind of gets it up into the 20s and then they hit it with some maple syrup Mm -hmm. and then that um raises the alcohol to about 30 percent and then you know they age it and sherry casks and all that other stuff Mm -hmm. and that's about the extent of what i know but i've never actually i've tried uh one from a few years ago but i haven't had this i think this is like Actually, I'm not sure. I think this is the 10th release, but I could be wrong. All right. Something like that. Yeah. Let's put this in our body. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Prost. To Jesse. Thank you for the, one of the most expensive beers in the world. Mm -hmm. I can already smell it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's crazy. very, like. I definitely taste them. Is that off base? Is it what? Would it be good with like a cheese plate? Sure, like absolutely. Turpentine? No, so good. I love like cheese and sherry anyway, yeah. that kind of thing. And this reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, it is very sherry-like. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Warming. What else can I say? Ma- I, I <laughs> taste me. the maple. I hear. Yes, yeah, wait. maple. Definitely a, a sort of a malted finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting raisin in there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No alcohol, uh, no carbonation because yeah. of the, you know, can't, can't hang with the alcohol. Mm-hmm. The but it's alcohol. still considered a beer. What, mm-hmm. what makes a beer? Mm. That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so beer is made from, uh, you know, three things, basically, uh, yeast, hops, and malted barley and, and water. I guess that's four. Um and uh, and then of course the fermentation process that happens mm. and and you get the the bubbles and and that sort of thing. Mm. Okay, so this is still made with those four components. It just doesn't have the fermentation. It doesn't have the overt fermentation. No, it's still it's it goes through that first fermentation and then mm. it goes through another fermentation because they add the sugar. Yeast eats sugar. Mm. Yeah, yeast eats sugar. And the thing, so the difference between winemaking and beer making is is that in beer you have to um you have to break up bust out those um sugars uh with enzymes and so they you know um that's why you malt the barley uh-huh. and um but with wine you just you know throw some throw some sugar at the or throw some yeast at the juice and uh-huh. 
it ferments the wine. With beer, uh, you got to do that extra little step there. So the extra step is that what gives it the uh, the bubbly, the effervescence? Yeah. Well, in in, in wine and in beer, uh, basically the yeast um, pass gas, <laughs> and um, that's what creates Rude. the carbonation. Oh. Um, so in, when you're making champagne, you're um, well, actually, you go through a secondary fermentation um, in bottle, which is what makes champagne, and you you know you're capturing that. Uh, carbonation in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you make wine, it's released. The The carbonation is released. And in beer, you also have to prime it um, with sugar again to trap that. They call it bottle conditioning. Ooh. And they trap the, you know, the carbonation that way. Huh. Yeah. This also looks like a like a bomb. It does. Bottle. It's like a little nerve-wracking. It's very... Is it metal or it just mm-hmm. looks metal? Mm. It's metal, and I think the inside is like uh, porcelain. Oh. To... So fancy. Yeah. Can I have some more? Or you can have what? as much <laughs> as you want, my dear. What um, What alcohol volume is beer usually? Uh, I know it ranges. Yeah, super, super range anywhere from, um, you know, 3% to you, you can have those English, um, you know, bitters that are like 2-3%, you know, out of the cask, real ale, they call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or, you know, you can get up into the, you know, like this guy, the 30%. Um, That's yeah. crazy. I never yeah. knew there. And what, how, what, what, I, guys, I'm a newborn baby. What alcohol uh, volume does, like, do spirits have, like a bourbon? Uh, that's, you know, anywhere from like, 20 to bourbon is 40 percent right 80 okay. proof around okay. yeah yeah so this is almost the same as like a spirit yeah yeah exactly like a, a liqueur mm-hmm. yeah hey, can i yeah refill sure do it. a little more yeah um Woo. i feel like would this be good with like a dessert or is that yes. crazy? No, I think this is exactly what I would serve it with. I I, I want oatmeal cookies with this for yes. some reason. Yes. Oatmeal raisin? Yes. With maybe a little salt on top? That sounds amazing. Yeah. That'd be delightful. Yeah. Oh, well. This is actually really good. This is better than I remember it being when I had it a few years ago. I think this this version's a little lighter. The other one was more um, like cereal and oh. um, that kind of thing. Almost like a burnt hair quality. But this... This I is actually smooth. really smooth. like yeah hair quality yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing this for us. We're yeah. gonna drink it and we're gonna podcast. Hell yeah! In so, that order, exactly. Watch my likes, you guys, because I get very California once I got some booze in me. What does that mean? Like like means like I just a promiscuous oh, gal. I, I heard you say watch my legs. Watch my oh, oh no. I thought you that's what you did say. No, I said watch my likes. Oh, I, I did a see. podcast and we had a bottle of wine before we started and I can't listen to it anymore because I find all of the likes so insufferable. Yeah. You know what I say after a little bit of booze? What? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, thank said, you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank My you for pleasure, being here. ladies. We want to know everything. Oh my gosh, what can I tell you? Um, Ask away. Yeah. Let's, let's start, start at the beginning. Yeah, because, okay, we all know each other. From we do. Doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Jesse's always been interested in uh, food and drink, uh, wine yes. specifically, I believe. But uh-huh. again, how did how did that How did that start? foray into, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I always... I usually say something along the lines of, I came to LA to write comedy and mm-hmm. I needed a night job and I was working as a you know, producer at creative agencies and, and didn't like it. And so I got out of that and got into wine. But I think it was really um, my, I have an ex-girlfriend uh, who I was with for probably 10 years you want to shout out? And, huh? <laughs> Sorry, it was a bad joke. I was like, shout out to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, she was a, an attorney. She still is an attorney and super uh, into wine. And that's how I got into it. We would taste wine and, um, you know, she she would notice things that I sort of was like picking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
And I'd be like, yeah, whatever, let's pound it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we just kept drinking and we just kept drinking it. And obviously I – so I sort of my introduction into wine was um, like really amazing wines because I never drank wine growing up. I mean, you know, my parents were beer people. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, and then time went on and uh, we broke up and I sort of realized I was like still in love with her and um, – I was also transitioning out of the creative agency world, you know, working as a basically a, a project manager. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to win her back and I'm going to, you know, because she actually had once said to me, you should really, you know, think about wine professionally. And so I think it was I got into it to kind of win back her love. Oh, that's really romantic. Yeah. Kind of kind of weird. Um, but when I think Back further than that, I would like smell anything, you know, the insides of books and and um, that. And I've always liked all smells, like all smells, even weird, like funky ones. Really? Mm. And um, so, you know, who knows? I maybe she sort of sparked that in me, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm grateful. You know, I gave her the my when I passed my level one, I gave her my pin, which I guess you're not supposed to do. I didn't know it. Oh, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Um, so she still has my pin, to, or maybe she doesn't. She probably just was like, "Meh," threw it away. But um, <laughs> that's so sad. I know. <laughs> I, I know. It's, I know, it's the love story, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then and then uh, started sort of worked my way up in the in the fine dining scene uh, in Beverly Hills. Uh, I was at Mastro's for three years, and then uh, Spago. Uh, as a florisom there, and that's one of the best. I think it is. I'm biased, but I think it is the best wine program in Los Angeles. It's one of those rare places where you have a wine director, an assistant wine director, wow. uh, a, a sommelier, and a and a cellar master. You know, so it's. What's the difference between a wine director and like a sommelier? Uh, so a a wine director is in charge of the beverage program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the wines, so so that you're selecting the wines, you're cur- curating the list, you're you know, uh, that's your main responsibility. In fact, is you know you're representing the 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 restaurant by the wines you select. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And so and you it, were the person on the floor that would recommend the wine and pour for people. Uh huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that was funny. There's lots of, you know, in, in Spago, there's lots of, uh, uh, you know. Clients, re, you know, regulars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell us a famous person and what wine they dug. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you? Kevin Spacey. No, no, oh. no, not those guys. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Um, no. Actually, kind of just as gross, Rod Stewart. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, hey, come on, love, I want to, sh- you know, Chardonnay and da 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 and, oh, I always um, forget that he's British. It's yeah. kind of I'm I'm probably exaggerating it. <laughs> We're gonna go with it. That's yeah. exactly how Rod Stewart sounds. Yeah. Um, but he always liked sort of you know mediocre Chardonnay, uh, and he was super finicky. And um, but he, I turned him on to um, one of my favorite Chardonnays, the uh, Aubert. It's you know. Um, out of Sonoma, and he's like, "Oh, I love this," and and so he's, you know, and it, he was sitting at a table with Jane Fonda, who like looked at me like I was the devil when I offered her a glass. Whoa! Why? Like, I don't drink. Oh, um, she looks amazing. Yeah. No. Uh, actually, and then probably one of my favorite favorites was when I was at Mastro's, and I would, um, he would request me the uh, the Prince of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Would request you, uh huh. Pick a Jesse, and I would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'd, um, you know, have he'd rent an entire private room, and and he loved wine, and Ooh. and he was just the sweetest man. And every time you shook his hand, or anyone for that matter shook his hand, he'd, it would be a hundred dollar bill in there. <gasps> and I love this guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So at this point, but, you had not gotten uh, your license, or you were studying for it. 
Uh, my driver's license I had. <laughs> oh, shit. You heard it here first. Oh, damn. damn. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have to go through my questions again. Fucking... <laughs> no, my certification I had at, at Mastro's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forget when you... Certified through the Court of Master Sommeliers. Mm-hmm. And what was that test like? Uh, so I've only... So there are four levels. I've only gone through uh, two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, you know, you take... Uh, it's divided into three portions, a theory portion, a service portion, and a tasting portion. The theory portion is, you know, a written uh, – I think it's like – I think it was like an hour and a half. And then the uh, tasting portion is – at level two, you only have two wines. And, you know, you're basically guessing it down to the vintage and region and varietal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, the service portion, you are – serving a master sommelier and they're asking you questions and essentially grilling you as you are trying to properly pour whatever wine that you've been tasked to pour. Mm-hmm. And in my, in my case, it was um, champagne. So you've got to, you know, and they're, it's very nuanced and very yeah. specific. Is that kind of a fuck you? It is. Champagne? Uh, no, no. I think champagne is kind of because it's, it's so, uh, you know, cla- I, I, I want to say classic because it's so, you know, there is such uh, – there's procedure there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you kind of want champagne. Okay. But you, it, the most unnerving part of it is having to gently rock the cork out rather than having it pop. Oh. It has to yeah. sound like a contented woman's sigh. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. Is that what they say? I, cool. I've heard the term before. I, it's, I don't know <laughs> if it's, like, written in the, you know, court of mass or some ways. Uh, contented woman's oh sigh. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, how nervous were you going into that? I actually had – uh, I had, I have to admit, I had two beers before because I knew I would be nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also know that I killed it on the, on the theory portion. Mm-hmm. And so I felt really good and I was like, I can't jinx this. I gotta, you know, um, and so, you know, you get your, you, you get your notes afterwards and, and, um, the, the, one note that I had from my, the master who I took the exam with, Peter Neptune, um, Master Peter Neptune, his note to me was uh, warm and professional. And I was like, oh, it's because no. I was drunk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wasn't drunk, friend. but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so what do you – that's a question I want to ask. I think when you're studying for this, and I feel like I one time we went to the farmer's market and – I, you were like had apples in front of you. You were smelling the apples and tried to get the varietal. Like, how do you study? Also, how do you study without getting shit faced? Yeah. Well, you. I mean, you spit. Um. Wasteful. <laughs> Wasteful. How dare you? Uh, and actually, spitting for me, especially if I'm drinking like, um, uh, if I'm trying to get a good sense of acid, for example, mm-hmm. if I'm if I have wine and I I spit and I sort of salivate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helps where if I don't spit, I, I don't get as good of a read on acid. Okay. If that makes sense. And there, there are other things. Um, yeah. So you don't spit. Get out of here. (laughs) She needs to get all of her yellow tail in (laughs) her belly. (laughs) Um, so are you aiming to eventually become a master is that your is that your goal yeah i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm uh if i need to prove myself Mm -hmm. that much to this club of mostly dudes yeah Um, which we'll talk about yeah it's you know there's under 300 and then you know like 20 of them are women and and um, i'm certainly grateful to be a part of the program i i'm pretty sure i'm going you know i'm quite sure in fact i'm going for advanced but I don't know if I want to set aside, you know, eight years of my life to study for this test and take it over again and take it over again. How many takes does it and, usually get take for somebody you to know, it pass de- it? It depends. It depends. I know. And then there's there are all these things that are constantly being added, like resetting if you don't, um, you know, pass it after a certain number of times. So I, I, uh, I think if anything, I'm going to go for my. Um, I'm becoming a master of wine, which is a little different than a master sommelier. Master sommelier is supposed to be more about service. Oh, okay. Um, 
which is interesting because it doesn't end up being about service. Um, but um, the a master of wine actually proves themselves through writing. Um, yeah. So it's a little more scholarly, and in my case, as I am uh, a writer now, mm-hmm. um, I think probably that'll be more beneficial to me. And definitely kind of cool. And it's and the way that you learn is is a little more like you have a mentor and you test through a program and you and you take courses and and it's more. It's a little more like it takes time and dedication, um, but it's not as like competitive and it's hard. There are less master uh, MWs than MSs, but um, and why do you think that is? I think it's just because it's it's a it's a little more expensive and it does take longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's more people who are. It's a little it's a little less like. Um, and it's probably a little less glamorous. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like well, have you seen the Netflix documentary? Psalm? Yes. Yeah. That's what, as a sommelier by the way, um every person you ever uh, every table you ever approach will ask, "Hey, did you see that?" Of oh, course. Yeah. yeah. We're at a table right now. Here you are. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm not approaching you with no, a bottle of wine. That's true. But... Well, earlier you did. <laughs> it's that's beer, Rebecca. Be accurate. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, but it must have been interesting and it, cause, because now you're a writer and an editor, mm-hmm. um, and it must have been an interesting transition to that. Uh, maybe not so much because, I, again, I knew you originally as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but how did that change for you? Uh, I, I think um, it sort of made me realize my, my strengths as a psalm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love, I really love the service portion of it. I love, you know, trying to figure out what someone wants mm-hmm. and really listening to them as opposed to, um, um, frankly, a lot of people I know who don't listen, they just want to hear themselves talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F- uh, fellow sommeliers and not a lot, but I'm saying they're, you know, um, so for me it's, and then watching their face as they take that first sip and, you know, you can tell if they like it right away. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, as a writer, I kind of realized I'm not that great of a writer, but I at least I have a knowledge of you know, like I can write comedy and creatively, yeah. no, but I'm less of well, I'm but I'm I'm not like technically you know proficient, but I can talk about wine and I and I love to talk about wine and mm-hmm. I love to talk about beer and tequila mm-hmm. and cannabis, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I my my goal is to try and convey that that love. I guess yeah. on the page. Yeah. What region of the world do you think is the most exciting wine? Right Ooh. Now? Ooh, the most exciting wine right now? Yeah. And maybe your favorite too. Oh, uh, uh, right now. Um, okay, so domestic if if we're talking domestically, um, well, probably if we're going California, Paso Robles, I think Paso mm-hmm. Robles is kind of you know this huge area, and yet they're making amazing Cabernet that costs a fraction of the price because they don't have to pay what Napa pays for land. Oh. Um, and then there are areas like um, you know South Africa um, oh. in the Stellenbosch region, and um, you know you got some good. Um, Steen, they call it Shannon, or I guess they don't call it. I don't know. You, you, they, you go, you hear back and forth. But um, and then like Bordeaux blends that are awesome. Uh, again, price point that's coming out of the area. Um, and then there's weird things like because of climate change. Uh, you know, they're making great champagne now in in England. Oh. You know. Um, and now you know, for instance, they only really made. Um, they did make Pinot Noir in Germany, but now Pinot Noir is getting better and better in Germany as a result of climate change, where before it was mostly Riesling. Um, wow. But then to answer your question, I love um, German wines, I think. And then also I'm really, really, I you know, probably because it's in my backyard, but I have an infinity for Central Coast wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, maybe you can... Uh... Give us a couple of recommendations of your favorites, like a hit list. Anytime, kind of, like a yeah. Spotify hit list. Yeah, right now. Show the people. Uh, or write it out. We'll write it out and we'll put it on okay. our social media. Yeah, yeah. We'll put people. it on the scrams. Be great. Yeah. So you're a psalm. You are um, also going to, are you taking a test for beer? Yes, yeah. 
um, the certified uh, uh, Cicerone exam, similar to the the certified sommelier exam, except actually it's more difficult. Really? Um, yeah. Mm. You have to, um, you know, identify like the tasting portion, for instance, even just the tasting portion. I'm going to have to take eight. Uh, I'll have seven. It's like seven or eight beers in front of me, and they've spiked four of them with off-flavor compounds what? that you would like, you know, either like it's as a result of like, you know, unsanitary practices at a, in a at a bar or the draft line system or just oh. a bre- you know brewery fault like and a, like a tooth or a band aid <laughs> <laughs> yeah or never cleaning them it's you a know. trap <laughs> yeah so then I'd have to pick out four out of those the four um, off compounds and and off flavors and and what they are wow. oh that's and, crazy and, and very hard yeah and then um, of course be able to identify like a crazy I mean I have flashcards that are that thick in my bag right now you know I like of of uh in case you guys can see it was like two inches <laughs> um you know of beer styles how many beer styles like, are there oh my gosh so many so many so many that people the, don't even know about i'm sure and the thing is is that there it's always morphing and it's always you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and depending on where you are some people really respect these some you know like belgian um you know Brewers don't really, they're like, they don't really give a shit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about beer style where, um, you know, certain like the Germans are like, it must be this way exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Germans. But, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite beer? Yeah. Uh, Chimay, the Chimay Reserve, mm. I think. It's a, um, it's a tripel. And it's just, it's almost similar to this, actually, mm-hmm. um, in, in you know, flavor profile, um, but just gorgeous. Holy shit, it's gorgeous and super complex and crazy, uh, you know, uh, fig and, uh, but is it, you know, if we're, if we're comparing wine, like, you know, that I've had wine that's like, I, it's like a single tear has fallen from my eye. It was so beautiful. Really? You know? Yes. So, I, you know, the I love them both so much, but I think wine, there's just, there's something a little, there's just a, I don't know what it is. And it shouldn't be that way. Wine should not be at a, put on a higher pedestal than beer. Mm-hmm. But for some reason we do. I think it has to do with the, 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 you know, Romans, yeah. actually. Mm, interesting. From the very beginning. Wow. Just like yeah, I feel like wine's cultural. more romanticized. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, the cultural differences and glass. That's also very interesting when it comes to wines and different drinks that people appreciate. There's so much culturally and historically that goes into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with and with wine, it's, you know, it's all about the terroir. And um, Wait, what is that? Uh, so terroir is uh, the the earth, the the weather, the microclimate even of a particular area. Um, you know what happened during that vintage. Um, but the terroir is anything that sort of um, molds, you know, the wine outside of a winemaker's hand. I yeah. guess kind of. Has there been any like so crazy terror? Oh, sorry. I- no, go ahead. Oh, I was just like, is there any crazy terroir story that like, like a fire and that made this year right. crazy? Oh yeah. Um, oh gosh. Uh, what can I tell you? Well, for instance, um, you know, Sherry. Uh, uh, what is it? Barasand Lucar or something like that, where there is a uh, sort of a. It's kind of a weird way to put it, but kind of a moist breeze (laughs) (laughs) that that carries a certain um, flora, a bacteria, or a bacteria that creates this flora on top of this, um, on top of sherry, and that sort of uh, creates a layer and enables it to age without too much oxygen on top of it. Mm. Huh. Do you, you know what I mean? So it's, it creates this layer uh, and of bacteria and, and flora. Then under it, it's able to age without mm-hmm. getting oxidized. 
That's yeah. crazy. To, yeah. How did people but, figure but, all this out? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love it. That's crazy. I wonder that too. You just leave yeah. things too long and, and you're then like, you're holy like, shit, this yeah. fucked me up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm drunk. I think. Yeah. Well, it's the same as champagne. Like, you know, they, the, the guy, well, they, I mean, they say, uh, or they say, or you, you learn at first that, you know, Dom Perignon is this monk, this crazy monk who, you know, decided to, um, uh, he hated he hated bubbles. You know, every every year he would he would make this wine, and then it would start to warm up again, and it would create bubbles in the wine. Mm-hmm. And he was and he hated it. But that's really um, how champagne was. You know how we first started making champagne. Yeah. So well, that's so it's so interesting. He didn't like it, and he was trying to get it to not happen. And he's like, "This is your legacy." Yeah. God damn now, it! The shit that you hated. Is now what you're known for. forever tethered to it. Um, Wait, let's talk about uh, being a woman, though, um, in your industry and how you feel about it. Uh, Again, I just, I see, like, a board of white men judging you and other people. And, well, we'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, So it happens, I mean, it happens on all levels. You know, I, I once went up to a table and an older gentleman was looking at the wine list and and then he he you know looked up at me and went oh oh you're a lady <laughs> which was i was like yes Maybe you burped i am yeah <laughs> Tipped your hat. yeah i mean but i was also like you know the i i'm not the most um you know lady lady and i like adjusted my tie and i was like hey yeah, Mindy. <laughs> um uh so there's that kind of thing where you know even Today, some people are still surprised mm-hmm. to see a female sommelier, which is, I think, female psalms. Uh, I mean, they say it's not. It's actually they. It's it's a proven fact that women tend to have better uh, a better sense of taste and smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- I think in general, and it's it's wouldn't I don't think anyone would you know argue with me that when, women naturally tend to be better tasters. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love, like, you know, female, um, you know, when wines are made by females and, and that sort of thing. Because you almost kind of think, oh, maybe it's better. Yeah. So why are there but, not as many, you think? You think it's a cultural thing? Yeah. I mean, it's just like any, you know, anything, everything. It's male-dominated. Um, well, there was one thing, there was like a discussion I was having with a colleague of mine um, a couple of months ago where the um, Court of Master Sommeliers or the Guild Psalm, the Guild of Sommeliers, so that's kind of like the social network um, aspect of the Court of Master Sommeliers, the Guild Psalm had a event at a club that was all men, no ladies allowed. It was a dinner, which was weird. So weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people were upset about that and... And it is kind of, you know, it is, I mean, it is a boys club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think, like I said, I think I I tend to prefer female sommeliers. Are they better than a male sommelier? I mean, no, but maybe. Right. Yeah. I know that I just, I just know that someone's going to, I just know that when I interact with a female som or even when I taste with a colleague, she, we listen to each other. Right. We, yeah. You know, and we... You don't get mansplained about... Yeah, I don't... Ha- yeah. And I'm not, like... And I'm not saying that females don't do this, but it's it's so competitive al- already, and I just feel like some guys just talk about, you know, them. they want to prove... They're proving what they know as mm-hmm. opposed to... Sounds learning funny. something or listening to yeah. the taster or pour. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, to me, because... Wine, in my mind, is somewhat marketed towards women. You know, when you think of the wine drinkers at a party, mm-hmm. they, I feel like the kind of stereotypical gender dynamics are the guys drink the beer and the women drink the wine. But it's still such a male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand how that came to be. Like how wine kind of became almost a more feminine alcohol i don't know what i'm getting at but Uh, what's what's funny is i was uh just talking to uh, another colleague at work the other day and we there was a something written how it was like we're gonna market 
we're marketing towards men now, and here's this bold, you know, like Coke Zero man's style. wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, you know, wine that's, which I, I'm not sure if I like this trend where it's, they're, they're putting, and it does kind of taste good, but it still is, to me, modifying the wine a little bit too much where they're uh, aging wine in bourbon barrels. Oh, yeah. And that sort of thing. Um and so, you know, I can see a dude being like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's got bourbon in there. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I can drink this. I'm still a man if I drink this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, God, dudes are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the beer talking. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about a specific Yelp review. Um mm. There's a there's a restaurant called The Pont, which is like mid-city, like Fairfax, I think. Okay. And um, my husband and our friends, we really like reading Yelp reviews um, because there's a lot of dicks on there, mm-hmm. you know? And one guy wrote a review that was hypercritical of the female psalm. Whoa. And said that she shouldn't have smelled the cork in a white wine bottle. She shouldn't have smelled the cork in a white yes, wine? Okay. From a white wine. And um, she basically was an idiot for um, for pouring the taste for the woman at the table. <gasps> he said that you should never do that. Oh, you no. You always pour the taste for the man. Oh, wow, that's Ooh. shitty. Yeah. That's Ooh, that makes me mad. So is garbage. that based in anything? Do you agree that you don't smell the cork for a white wine bottle? Well, oh, okay. Uh, in, as far as smelling the cork, sometimes you can um, you can get a bit of cork taint on the cork itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that's that's one, that one got Sammy. <laughs> Sammy's How laughing. many recordings? Okay, Sammy, I'll use the technical <laughs> trichloroanisole. <laughs> Is the technical term cork taint or yeah, cork taint? Make it a cork taint. Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm speaking my language. And what Go does on. that mean? <laughs> What's that cork taint mean? Um, so if the uh, it ha- it can it can occur in, in the winery, uh, but it's just an a, an off flavor that gives the wine. It's not harmful, um, but it gives the wine a sort of. Uh, papery wet cardboard kind of taste in it mm. and it mutes the other flavors and just kind of ruins the wine is that what wine being corked is yes if that? a wine is corked um you know when you're presented with a wine to smell you're making sure it's it's not corked got it Con- contradictory to to um you know um what some people think when they're like i i don't like this mm-hmm. and <laughs> you tell me like What's a good story of like someone sending some wine back for bullshit garbage? Yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh. Um. I nothing specific comes to mind. I. I. It's just. I. So many people are like, no, I don't like. You know, I. I have gotten numerous times. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. And you have to be, especially. I mean, especially somewhere like Spago, you can't say, well, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Rod Stewart, get out of here. <laughs> so. Yeah, you just have to be like, okay. All right. Yeah. Great. But then you go and you drink, you know, probably a, an incredible model of wine yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, it's okay. Y'all more for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, oh, so I'm sorry. So to uh, answer your question, um, I don't understand I will. I don't know why you would smell a cork, um, because you're supposed to smell the wine itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as far as presenting the wine to the woman, you you are taught um, when when pouring wine, when presenting a bottle, you present it to the host or whoever ordered the wine. Right. Um, and then when you pour the wine, you always pour uh, the host last, um, and then um, in a in a certain direction. But the ladies first. So that guy was totally wrong. Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy? Well, I don't know. I can say like Jason C. (laughs) From Palms. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. But if he chose the wine, then he should have been presented with the wine to Mm -hmm. to taste. And Okay. So he would be presented with the bottle and then... Um, and then the taste as well. Yeah. She would have poured... Exactly. Okay. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. Um, But... 
I never, I never assume. I always ask who would like to taste, you know, who would like to taste the wine because I don't, because it, it the same thing has happened to me where, um, you know, someone's brought a bottle of wine to the table. I'm obviously the most qualified. I'm not obviously, but amongst no, us. When we go, I feel I'm like we most... a lot of free shit. People know when you're working at Spago, like people are like, some from Spago. Shit, girl. Now that I'm at a magazine, you should see. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's hang out more. Because I miss you. Not because of your perks. <laughs> it's funny. It's fun. It seems very – What's the best um, part? Like, what Like what really um, delights you and, and inspires you about your job? Uh, yeah, the, the – meeting the – meeting – um, the the crazy wonderful people in the industry, you know, and getting to meet um, the the people who shape the industry, I think, because yeah. you know, before as a as a sommelier, I had to have knowledge of you know producer producer knowledge and that sort of thing. But now I um I have to have a knowledge of like the haps, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um and meet and getting to interview all of those people and talking to them. It's, oh, that's so fun! It's yeah. really cool. It's really cool. And some of them are like, you know, um, you know, from started from nothing, and some of them have been doing it for generations and generations, mm-hmm. and they, you know, ride around on their horses, and they've, you know, have in their vineyards, and which that's what that's that's what fascinates me are these people who have been doing it for generations, and mm-hmm. they've inherited this. It's like a sort of royalty. Yeah, yeah, in a interesting yeah, it's their way. little kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. On the hill. Is there a – I know we said that we're going to post it on the the social media, but gun to your head, what's your favorite um, California winery? Can you say? California winery? Sure. Um, California winery. Well, okay, so uh, be, it's prob- I, I am probably slightly biased, but I wasn't first – I don't know if you remember when I – talked about a single tear falling mm-hmm. um it was it was from a barrel sample i'll say that which is pro- uh, not the finished wine um but one of my friends a uh, gentleman named scott sampler he is a one man band um in santa barbara and he's he makes uh uh amazing Syrah and um any sort of you know rhone vari- varieties mm-hmm. a- uh and central coast group project Central Coast and, Group Project. Yeah, mm. and it's the it's just it, you can get it at a lot of um, you know fine dining places he, around here in LA. It's on the uh, tasting menu at Vespertine right now. Ah. Um, Vespertine looks crazy. Yeah. It does. Have you eaten there? No, I. I think I I hope to in December. Just the website. I'm like, is this a haunted house with food? Yeah. It does look, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a little spooky. It does. Yeah. I just had dinner um, at Inkwell. Oh, and I'd imagine, I I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was, it seemed, to me, it was like, you know, a pop song, but like a really good pop song. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Comforting. Yeah. It was, but it it was like cool and catchy and. But you also kind of know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, there was just like a little bit of gimmick because of how it's served, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. um, the, the way in in which it's executed, but, uh, it's still, it still had soul. It was still Mm -hmm. like a Michael Jackson pop song. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? It was still, you know, that kind of, pop that kind of yeah very cool yeah what do you like to do uh when you're just enjoying some wine like is there music you like to put on is there any ritual to it anything you like to eat oh well it depends on the wine okay yeah it totally depends on the wine um and then of course the the food uh there i don't i wouldn't i don't have a like a favorite it it depends, you know. It totally mm-hmm. depends. Mm-hmm. You can pair. That's the awesome thing about wine is pairing. Although I think the more I learn about, the more I'm learning about beer. Rather, the more I think sometimes beer is a superior pairing partner. Whoa! Whoa. You heard it here first, Boss Biz Podcast. <laughs> yeah, especially in terms of dessert. Mm-hmm. Especially in terms of dessert. But, oh, um, that's so wow. interesting. Uh, yeah, wine, you know, can elevate a dining mm-hmm. experience as as opposed to. Um, with without it, very cool. So, um, I also want to talk. You're you're a mom, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can we talk about your family a little bit? I'd love to. Being yeah. a working mom and kind of the dynamics that go into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard. You know, you um, you you feel you. I mean, it's a classic. You know, you you have that sense of guilt because you have your career and 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 you know your kids going through whatever at mm-hmm. daycare and you're like and then you're like what if I just stayed home he, this wouldn't be happening <laughs> um but then i also so i i co-parent um you know he's my son has he, i have a 2 year old and and he has two you know me and my wife so he's got two moms and and one dad and so i don't have it's like i we have him half the time mm-hmm. and so that does give me a little time to do other things but even then i feel like i still don't have mm-hmm. i can't imagine having number one more than one kid and then number two you know uh a f- the kid the whole time yeah <laughs> you have like the best of both worlds even though you feel that guilt though well yeah but i i you know i still i don't know how any any other mom does it i yeah. really don't it astounds me it's uh i just it's mad it, it's like a magical thing if you can be a career mom and because i only i'm only like half you know part-time career mom Mm -hmm. you know where i'm part-time you know half the time i'm have my son so i mean i feel like that would be the best thing ever no god to be of course you miss him and i miss him i like all the time absolutely you still get to like do cool shit and like yeah and it's kind of spoken by a non-mom. I know exactly, a white woman. Yeah. <laughs> Just, um, but it's got to be nice to be able to miss him, as opposed to like wishing you had more time. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let me explain motherhood to you. <laughs> hey. Hey. So, as a girl who has two dogs, um, I'm pretty sure I know how this works. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that must be a hard balance. Um, I also wanted to ask you, like, what do you think your relationship, because you all have very different parenting styles, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But what do you think about him drinking and like, or him like following in your footsteps or like how you You introduce him to what you do? Yeah, I I think already he has an advanced palate. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he does. I really do. He he also... um, I let him if I'm because I, I have to you know taste a lot and I'll bring home wine and you know uh, I have to review a lot of wine and so I I'll have him smell it and he goes you know he, he, he I don't know if he's actually smelling it but he does a weird face rabbit face um, but he eats a lot of stuff that two year olds don't eat and That's and awesome. he loves food so actually what I really want him to do is become a chef yes. <gasps> And then you can have a restaurant. Yes. You can do the wine program. Yeah. Oh my god, I love so, that. That's true. That's really what I am hoping for. That would be awesome. I'll eat at that restaurant. Yeah, but absolutely. I think I I want him to. I kind of want to do like the you know like what they do in in Bordeaux is is they um you know they start the kids on wine really young and then they learn to you know they they water down the wine mm-hmm. starting at like 5 years old oh wow or 4 years old so they'll give them like a little bit of you know a little bit of wine with water and then they taste it and then they they put less and less water as mm-hmm. the they years do. go mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. and I don't you know. It's do not that? a big deal. Yes, I, I'm going to. Yeah. Even I mean, if the other parents <laughs> won't let me, I'm going to <laughs> secretly do it. <laughs> I'm totally serious. That's amazing. He's That's, gonna have. He. I mean, man, what an exciting thing to be a kid and like watch their mom like kill it and, and see your name in print. And yeah. Doing all these wine because you travel a lot too for work. I do. Uh, uh not not since um. And not since being made the managing editor, though, I I have to stay, you know, at the office a little bit more mm-hmm. because I'm handling not just my stuff and some other stuff, but all all of the stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, but um, maybe I'll get to go. I I have a feeling I'll get to choose a fun place to go. Ooh, oh, that's awesome. Where would you choose? Yes. Well, I mean, whatever whatever opportunity comes mm-hmm. my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm, we are 
We're we're at the witching hour when we oh, start already. Wrapping. I know it goes yeah. by so fast, especially talking about wine. I know, right. Um, but we do always wrap up with the same question for everyone, and that is, what advice would you give to young women, whether they want to get into the wine business or just something that you wish you would have been told by an adult woman when you were younger? Um, I, I, I would say, I don't know if I needed to be told this, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have only ever gotten anywhere, uh, uh, because I was kind to someone. Oh, Aww. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I, I, I ended up starting to write for, uh, the magazine that I now uh, am managing editor at because oh. I uh, I was at a tasting years ago and um, the there was a person there who's now an associate publisher but I watched her she was running a tasting for Rioja and I watched her like trying to gather you know she was like putting her all of her posters and everything else into a box and and I was watching her I had just gone to the tasting I was studying. And, um, she was struggling and I was like, can I carry your box? Can I help you carry your boxes? And I carried her boxes, you know, to her car and she gave me her card. And then fast forward, like to years and years later, um, when we ran into each other and I told her where I was and where I was working and she said, you should, you know, contribute every now and then. And I started contributing sort of that way, but it was because I, you know, yeah. And I ended up at Spago because I did something nice. I befriended this person who I, I you know what I mean. It's just like I, I think that's what that and hard work. Work mm-hmm. fucking hard. Work mm-hmm. fucking hard. Yeah. Work fucking hard and be kind. I love yeah, it. that's great. Aww. Great advice, Jesse. Thank you so much. Yeah, for this was such a pleasure. Podcast. Thank you for having me, ladies. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, and do you want to plug the magazine that you are the managing editor? For? Sure, Psalm yeah. Journal. The Psalm Journal. It's a trade magazine, so I don't. I'm not sure it would do much good. I don't know how many sommeliers listen to the podcast. Well, maybe many. Yes. Um, but actually, there is the Clever Root, which is our one um, consumer magazine. It is cool uh, regarding all things from the ground, including cannabis. Oh, cool. Um, so it's kind of like a fancy foodie stoner mag. Nice. Oh, cool. All good things. Yeah. I know. Um, well, I'm sure people will want to see what you do and yeah. what you're up to, and uh, we'll have. I'm going to ask you for a little list later that we can share with our audience. Maybe yeah. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> play my cards right. I'll be kind. <laughs> you can have the rest of the beer. We'll get you nice and toasty. Oh, that's right. I will. I remember this tomorrow. Hard to say. <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> well, thanks again, and thanks especially for one of the most expensive beers in the world. I know. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.